My name is Leonidas, and this is Informed Descent. What is up, guys? Welcome to episode 34 of Informed Descent, the podcast where we push back against the culture of groupthink and challenge the narrative. I must apologize once again for the large gap in between episodes. I have these grand plans to do these weekly episodes, but then things inevitably come up. So I apologize, but I am going to attempt to do them on a more regular basis. We'll see what happens, but I am going to try. Anyway, a lot's going on in the world of narrative these days, and as usual, it is a you must accept the given narrative or else you are literally Hitler. Also, you're a racist, Putin-loving, bigot, white supremacist, transphobe who wants to kill grandmas in the Ukraine. These are the rules. Submit and obey. Do not ask questions. Don't ask questions. Do not challenge anything. Just put a Ukrainian flag in your Twitter handle, okay? Wipe your memory clean of the definition of women. Let Disney groom your children and bow down to whatever gods we say you're supposed to worship today. It'll completely change by tomorrow, mind you, but don't you worry about that. Just do what you're told. Let's talk about it. Narrative number one. The word woman cannot be defined. Now, I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what they want us to believe, right? I, I, I mean, the narrative could also be stated, men can be women too, which would pretty much be the same thing. But regardless, we're being told that the word woman cannot be clearly defined and is some kind of nebulous concept that some people just happen to identify with. Which leads to the question, how on earth can you identify with something that you can't even define? Apparently, it's too much to even ask for a definition. How dare you, you bigot, asking for clarity and precision? What's wrong with you? What kind of monster wants to know the definitions of words? You know who else wanted to know the definitions of words? Hitler. Need I say more? Seriously, mate. If you ask a gender radical what a woman is, they will have no answer. No clue. Now, they'll probably screech like a pterodactyl and start flinging their arms around and maybe try to hex you, but they'll have no actual response to the question. Matt Walsh with The Daily Wire has actually been asking this question for a while, and no progressive has been able to answer him. In fact, I saw that The Daily Wire is putting out a documentary here soon where Walsh apparently travels all over the world asking people, what is a woman? And there are scenes from the Women's March where a group of women, he asked, couldn't answer the question. The Women's March. Women's March. The, <laughs> the, the, the level of absurdity here is it's just reaching a fever pitch. It's unreal. The mental gymnastics you have to perform to try to hold this ideology together. It's incredible. But I got to tell you, I, I, I really appreciate what the Daily Wire uh, is doing right now because you know they, they might be the most important company in the culture war at the moment. I mean, they're putting out films, documentaries, a line of razors. They've just launched programming for children to compete with Disney. They're killing it, which I've said for a while that this is exactly what the conservatives need to do. They need to make their own content to oppose this woke insanity. 
So hats off to them at the Daily Wire for doing that. But it is insanity. And it's all around us. It's everywhere. I mean, uh, this whole thing with pretending to not know what a woman is in order to not contradict transgender ideologies is insane. Participating in someone else's delusion makes you just as delusional as they are. Pretending that a man can be a woman makes you just as mentally ill as the man who thinks he is a woman. It's asinine foolishness, all of it. And it's bad enough that it's in our schools and and it's in corporations, but it's reaching the highest levels of our government. Now, if you've been on social media or been watching the news at all, you know that the hearings for Biden's nominee for the Supreme Court, Ketanji Brown-Jackson, was all over the news last week. And Jackson is a nominee who was selected specifically for her race and her gender. Biden said this out loud, said that he was going to nominate a black woman to the Supreme Court no matter what, which directly violates discrimination laws. But apparently that stuff doesn't matter when it's the left doing the discriminating. But I digress. And I'm I'm sure you've heard it by this point, but Judge Jackson was asked by Marsha Blackburn if she could define the word woman. Easy enough question, right? That's a softball if I've ever heard one. What is a woman, Judge Jackson? Her response? Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Not in this context. I'm not a biologist. I'm not a biologist. (laughs) What kind of psychotic deflection is that? To have somebody who was about to be appointed to the highest court in the land openly exhibit an allegiance to postmodern ideology is disturbing. How can she not be able to accomplish such a simple task as defining the word woman? My five-year-old could tell me what a woman is. Why is it that a potential Supreme Court justice seems to have no idea? Ted Cruz questioned her later, and she said that she knew that she was a woman and that Senator Blackburn was a woman. But I wish Cruz would have asked her how. How does she know? If she can't define the word woman, how does she know that? How does she know who a woman is? How does she know she's a woman? And what's funny is that she initially said that she would need to be a biologist to know what a woman was. (laughs) So in her nonsensical deflection, she accidentally acknowledged that being a woman is directly related to biology. Oops. So, I mean, they know. We know they know. And that's the problem. We know she knows exactly what a woman is. We know that. There's no denying, it's ridiculous to assume or to pretend that she doesn't know that. There is zero chance she doesn't know what a woman is. We know every radical gender ideologue knows exactly what a woman is. It is the pretending that is the problem. The the gaslighting. It is a conscious and intentional denial of reality. When Leah Thomas won the NCAA female swimming championship people celebrated him as if he were a woman even though they knew better they know he is not a woman they know that 
They know that his participation in the women's swimming division is an absolute farce. They know it. But they tolerate it anyway. And that, honestly, to me, is worse than believing that it's true. To know that it's a lie, but pretend to believe it anyway? To know that there are four lights in the room, but pretend to see five? In order to manipulate other people or, or to market yourself as some great example of virtue? It's evil. And it boggles my mind that people do this. Meanwhile, the actual women are standing off to the side, having been cheated out of the championship, shoved out of the way so that a man can have his moment as a woman. It's despicable. Yeah. Just, just think about it. Think about it just for a second. What is the point of women's sports? Why do we have a separate competitive arena that is exclusively for women? When you answer that, you automatically recognize that there are clear biological differences between men and women. And the whole entire purpose of having separate sports is because of that biological difference. To allow males to compete against females is to completely undermine the whole point of women's sports. It's crazy. And I don't know why more women aren't standing up against this madness. And it is madness. I don't know why more parents of girls aren't completely losing it. I have two young daughters. And when they get older... I'm telling you right now, if a boy decides that he's actually a girl and tries to compete against them, I am going to lose it completely. It's, it's going to be ugly. And so I don't understand. I don't get it how, how parents can just sit by and let this happen. What are you doing? And I understand not wanting to hurt people's feelings and, and to be accepting or whatever. I get that. But listen to me. Compassion is not lying. Compassion is not embracing a false reality and allowing people to manipulate you or using that rea false reality to manipulate others. That is not compassion. Compassion is not allowing your daughters to be forced to compete against men who feel like women. You're worried about transgender people's feelings? What about women's feelings? What about your daughter's feelings? What about the feelings of the women on those swim teams? Do they not count? It's all ridiculous. It makes no sense. You'd rather hurt women than risk hurting the feelings of a confused man? Are you kidding me? See, this is why I say feminism and transgenderism cannot possibly coexist. One must inevitably erase the other. You cannot possibly say that you stand up for women and then be unable to define what a woman is. It isn't possible. Just like those women at the Women's March who were afraid to say what a woman was. It wasn't that they didn't know. It was that they were afraid to tell the truth. And by doing so, they erased themselves. You can't do both. You can't embrace both women and men who think they're women. You can't. 
You cannot stand up for women and allow men to play women's sports and dominate them. You cannot stand up for women and allow men into the restrooms and locker rooms. And look, I'm sympathetic toward people with mental illness, and I'm not saying that they should be treated badly. Of course not. We should have compassion toward them, and we should do what we can to help them. But that does not mean affirming their delusions and pretending like this fictional world that they live in is real. Speak the truth, even if it offends someone. Narrative number two, companies like Disney are the good guys. <laughs> this is piggybacking a bit off the first narrative with the whole transgender nonsense, but Florida just passed a law which makes it illegal for teachers to uh, discuss gender and sex ideology with children in their classroom in kindergarten through third grade, and progressives are losing it. They've dubbed the bill the don't say gay bill, which, of course, has nothing to do with the actual bill at all. And the word gay is not in it at anywhere. And no one is banning the word gay. But, you know, don't let facts get in the way of the narrative. But if you read the bill, you'll see that it is emphasizing parental rights and the rights of parents to know what's going on in their kid's school and saying that teachers have absolutely no business infusing their gender and sex ideology into their classrooms, which no one should disagree with. No one should disagree with that. The actual text regarding sex and gender says classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. That's what it says. And now progressives uh, are apparently very angry that children in Florida will not be subjected to their teachers' sexual musings, afraid that they're not going to be able to talk about their sexual identity or their gender identity to their students anymore. Okay, first of all, why on earth are you discussing these things with elementary students in the first place? Why would you want to? That makes you extremely suspect in my eyes. And now Disney has decided to come out against the bill and claim that it's some kind of uh, horrible assault against LGBT people and we're supposed to accept this as noble. Disney is noble. Ron DeSantis is an evil, bigoted homophobe. That's the narrative. Christopher Rufo posted on, on, on Twitter a, a video I guess Disney held some kind of emergency meeting and he has this video of executives from Disney talking about what changes they're going to make at the company moving forward. Listen, um, one of our execs stood up and said, you know, we only have a handful of queer leads in our content. And I went, what? I, that can't be true. And I and I and I realized, oh, it, it actually is true. We have many, many, many LGBTQIA characters in our stories, and 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 yet we don't have enough leads um, and narratives in which gay characters just just get to be characters um, and and not have to be about gay stories. And so um, that's been very eye opening for me. 
Um, and, and I, I can tell you, um, it's something that I feel perhaps had this moment not happened. Um, I, as a leader and me, as my colleagues would not have focused on and, and going forward, um, I, I certainly will be more so I know that we will be. And, um, and I hope this is a moment where shoot, um, the 50% of the tears, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> are coming. Um, uh, we don't, we just don't allow each other to go backwards. So I put together like a tracker of our background characters to make sure that we have like a, the full breadth of expression. And uh, we got into a very similar conversation, Carrie, of like, oh, all of our like gender non-conforming characters are in the background. And so it's not just a numbers game um, of how many LGBTQ plus characters you have. We got the further, uh, the, the more centered a story is on a character, the more nuanced you get to get into their story. And especially with like trans characters, you can't see if someone is trans. There's not one way to look trans. And so kind of the only way to have these like canonical trans characters, canonical asexual characters, canonical bisexual characters is to give them stories where they can like be their whole selves. Last summer, we, we removed all of the um, gendered greetings in relationship to our life skills. So we no longer say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Um, we, we've trained, we, we've provided training for all of our, our cast members in, in relationship to that. So now they know it's, it's hello everyone or hello friends. We, we are in the process of changing over those, those recorded messages. And so many of you are probably familiar when we brought the fireworks back to the Magic Kingdom. We no longer say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we say dreamers of all ages. And so I love the fact that it's opened up the creativity, the opportunity for our cast members to look at that. Our leadership over there has been so welcoming to like my like not at all secret gay agenda and so like i i feel like i don't have to be afraid to like let's have these two characters kiss let's in the background this are, like i was just wherever i could just basically adding queerness to like the, if you see anything queer in the show i'm proud of them but like I, I just was like no one would stop me and no one was trying to stop me it might be time to cancel that disney plus subscription oh my goodness why why must everything be so ridiculously awful? Why? What is wrong with these people? I mean, let's, let's just think about this for a moment. Let's, let's take a second and examine what it is that we're being told that we must embrace and celebrate. We are being told that young children must be exposed to queer sex and gender ideology and that this is the righteous position. That's what we're being told. Let's, let's ask the obvious question first. Is it a good thing to teach young children about sex? For that one, I, I say it depends. Children are curious and inquisitive and they ask questions. My son was like six or seven when he wanted to know where babies came from. And you know what? We didn't come up with some fairy tale about storks. We told him the truth and he was disgusted. But then he went on with his day, and that was it. So yeah, I, I don't necessarily see a problem with that if kids are curious, and if it's your kids. Now, I'm not just going to sit down with my five-year-old and start talking about it, or, or let them watch movies that depict sex acts to expose them to it. That's demented. 
But for a parent to truthfully answer the question of an inquisitive child, okay. Now, the next question would be, is it a good thing for non-family members to teach young children about sex? To that, I say absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's not even debatable. Notice we haven't even made it to the queer madness yet. I'm not even talking about that. We're just talking about sex in general. There's no reason whatsoever for anyone who isn't me or my wife to be discussing sexual topics with my children. That shouldn't happen. Any desire for someone to do so is going to make me think you are a pedophile and we are going to have big problems. The end. Why would you have any desire to do that? Why, why do you need to discuss these things with young children? You don't. You aren't their parent. You have no business whatsoever discussing these things with a child that isn't yours. And then once you add in the LGBTQRST madness, and it, it, it is clear as day that this stuff has no place in the classroom. Because it would have no place in the classroom even without the LGBT stuff. Even without it. There's no place for it. You have no business whatsoever discussing these things with children. It has no place in children's books or children's cartoons. How can Disney possibly be the good guy in this scenario when they're supporting sexual grooming of children? Harsh language? Well, what else do you call a desire to expose young children to sexual topics, let alone deviant sexual topics? Is that offensive? I don't care. I'm tired of people tiptoeing around it because they don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And meanwhile, they're allowing these psychopathic activists to commandeer our culture and poison our children. I'm done. I saw an article the other day about how Mirabelle in Encanto is supposedly a queer character. Why? Why would that be a thing? Why, why does that matter? Why would you need to infuse that into a children's film about a magic house? Why are you so desperate to indoctrinate our children with your own broken ideology? I'm done. No more tiptoeing. Speak the truth. Our society has gone completely off the deep end. And I think that this is most clearly exemplified in the way that we see and treat our children. And it's just, it, you can hear the frustration in my voice. It's, abhor it's abhorrent what we are doing to our kids. It's abhorrent what we are allowing to be done to our kids. We got to fight back. We got to push back and we got to uh, stop worrying about hurting people's feelings and speak the truth. That's the only thing I know how to say. Speak the truth. I mean, think about this. Our, our society looks the other way when children are gunned down in the streets, forces children to sacrifice for the sake of adults during a pandemic that is no threat to them, encourages mothers to murder their children for the sake of their own happiness. And now is desperate to indoctrinate its children with radical race and gender slash sex ideology. What kind of society does those things? Disney is not the good guy here. They are attempting to groom children. And I'm just beyond disgusted with it all. Narrative number three. The Will Smith incident is indicative of systemic racism. Hmm, you knew this was coming. You knew it. 
you knew they were going to find a way to make this about racism. <laughs> as soon as I saw it, I knew I didn't want to pay attention. I didn't want to pay attention to the Oscars. I saw what happened. I didn't care. I, I didn't want to care. I know everybody was talking about it. Uh, but I knew that somehow they were going to make it about race. Everything must be about race. Everything. And everything that happens, no matter what it is, is evidence that racism is endemic in America and black people are forever under the boot of white supremacy. The white supremacy boogeyman strikes again. (laughs) It's exhausting. And again, I'm sure you know what happened, but hats off to you if you don't, because that means you managed to somehow avoid the media onslaught about the Oscars. Will Smith, Chris Rock, and Jada, and the whole circus. The bottom line is that Chris Rock told a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith's haircut and the fact that she was bald. And Will Smith responded to the joke by walking up on stage and slapping Chris Rock. But here's the joke. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? <laughs> it's, that, was a, that was a nice one. Okay. Hey, it's an extremely tame joke for one thing, right? I mean, apparently Jada has alopecia, but there's no reason for Chris Rock to know that. But that's apparently why Will got upset is because he was making a joke about her baldness, um, even though she has that that hair loss disease. So, uh, again, there's no reason that he would know that. But uh, all things considered, it was an extremely tame joke. It wasn't even that that harsh. It was just... <laughs> My goodness. But what's interesting about it is that Will initially laughed at the joke. If you go look at the video, you see Jada rolling her eyes. But Will, he's he's cackling, thinks it's hilarious. And then sometime between that shot and the cut back to Chris, uh, I don't know. Will must have got a signal from Jada that he needs to do something about it. And he did sort of. But he slapped Chris Rock. (laughs) Who slaps someone? Who does that? Maybe if Jada had gone up there, it would make sense. But I, if Will was legitimately angry, what is this slapping business? It's just bizarre. I don't know. The, the whole thing is bizarre. Will and Jada's open marriage is bizarre. The way Will was emasculated by Jada on her talk show when she admitted to him publicly that she had an affair? Bizarre. Their kids, Willow and Jaden? Bizarre. Weird. Off the rocker. They're, I mean... They, the, the Smith family has become the poster family for dysfunctionality. And that sucks because I used to look up to Will. He used to be a, a big role model of mine when I was growing up. He was the reason I started to write my own music. Just the Two of Us was my favorite song for a long time. Fresh Prince was one of my favorite TV shows. I've loved all his movies. Pursuit of Happiness is still one of my favorite movies. But, you know, this is why you don't hold celebrities up on a pedestal. Why you shouldn't put anyone up on a pedestal except for God. They will let you down. They will fail you inevitably. Now, I've come to terms with the fact that Will Smith is not the role model that I thought he was a long time ago. Um, but, you know, it's just another example because he, can, he continues to go off the deep end. And it's just unbelievable. His entire family is outrageous and dysfunctional. And they should not be held up as a model for anybody or anything. They are sick people, and we're seeing just how sick they are. That's what's happening. But anyway, back to the narrative. 
There was a Forbes article published by Maya Nigel Hoskin entitled, While Talking About Will Smith's Behavior, Don't Forget to Also Talk About the System That Helped Create It. I'll give you a guess what that system is that she's talking about. (laughs) I looked up Ms. Hoskin, and she is a contributor to the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion section of Forbes. Why does Forbes have a section devoted to diversity, equity, and inclusion? See, this is what I'm talking about. The poison is everywhere. It's all over the place. It's infecting everything. The cancer is malignant. And this isn't even the only one. There are many other articles that have been published talking about similar nonsense. Even this other one from Forbes about how black women are always the target of jokes. As if comedians never joke about white people or anything else at all. And these people are nuts, man. These people like Hoskin are trying to say that because Chris Rock joked about Jada's bald head and because Will slapped him on stage, that this is all indicative of the system of white supremacy, a system that expects black people to adhere to white normative behavior. What are you even talking about? This woman named Kovi Biakolo, I don't know how to pronounce her name, who is apparently a journalist and a professor, said on Twitter that the incident was black folks' business and white people need to tread lightly. What on earth, man? Like, how can this be the lens through which people view the world? How? How exhausting is it to see everything as a racial issue? They act like only black people experience anything negative ever. White people never get made fun of. They never get pulled over by police. They never get fired from a job. White people just live this magical life of white privilege and nothing ever happens to them. It's ridiculous. And it's it's the whole if you all if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. They are utterly incapable of viewing anything at all outside of the lens of race. So an incident involving two men over a joke about one man's wife's haircut ends up being a racial discussion because why? Why, why would that become a racial discussion? Because the two men have dark skin? What the heck does skin color have to do with it? What, what you're doing is saying that their race and your race are the most important aspects of identity so that everything you do can and should be interpreted through that. How can you tell people that you should not be judged based on your race while simultaneously making race the most important aspect of who you are and making decisions about how to treat others based on their race. It makes no sense. How can you do this and not collapse into a heap of cognitive dissonance? It's beyond me. In 1984, there's this concept called doublethink. And if you've read 1984, you are very familiar with it but it describes the condition of holding two contrary beliefs in the mind simultaneously and believing both to be correct. I and many others have made countless references to 1984 the past few years because this is exactly the kind of stuff that is happening. We are expected to hold two contradictory beliefs in our minds simultaneously. We are simultaneously supposed to believe that race should not matter And that race should be extremely important. We're supposed to believe in the power and uniqueness of women as opposed to men. And also believe that men can be women. 
or believe that the word woman cannot even be defined. We're supposed to believe that teaching children the Bible in school is a violation of children's rights, but teaching radical gender ideology is vital and necessary. We are being lied to, manipulated, and gaslit. We're being told that war is peace, and this is why we must get involved with Ukraine. We're being told that freedom is slavery, and things like free speech and the Second Amendment are oppressive. Or that allowing people to make their own medical decisions, or advocating for the rights of an unborn child, or not allowing the government to infringe on the rights of parents is somehow authoritarianism tyranny. We are being told that ignorance is strength and that we must not do our own research. We must not challenge the given narratives, but we must trust the experts and believe what we are told or else we're science denying conspiracy theorists. Embrace your ignorance. Bow to the state. It's time to speak truth, guys. Past time to speak truth. It's bad enough that these woke activists are out here spreading the virus of wokeism, but it's even worse that there are so many people who know better, who disagree with it, who maybe want to push back, but are too afraid to stand up and say anything. Those people will be the reason our society collapses if it does. The age-old adage, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. That's it. Good men standing by and allowing their wives and their daughters to be erased. Men allowing their wives and daughters to be turned into costumes. Men allowing their children to be groomed by entertainment companies. It needs to end. We cannot be afraid to speak the truth. They will get angry and they will yell and scream, but who cares? Speak the truth anyway. They'll call it hate. Who cares? The truth is never hateful. What is hateful is embracing lies and engaging in the abusive tactic of bullying others into pretending to believe something they know isn't true. We must stand up for our women. We must stand up for our children. And we must oppose this toxic obsession with race. But what do I know? I'm not a biologist. Thanks for listening. I'm Leonidas, and this has been Informed descent. If you would like to support the show, you could do so through donorbox.org slash Leonidas. That's D-O-N-O-R-B-O-X dot org slash Leonidas. I really appreciate that. Make sure you follow me on social media at Leonidas Johnson and check out my website at LeonidasJohnson.com. And I have a Substack now, which is just Leonidas.substack.com. And as always, remember to do your own research, challenge everything, and don't be afraid to stand up for what you believe. We'll see you next time. God bless.